is The Next Trip Podcast with Aviation Insiders Doug and Drew. Together, with more than 40 years of industry experience, they are creating a network for other app geeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. All thoughts and opinions are their own. G'day and welcome to Boarding Pass 92, operating on August 30th, 2021. This is Doug and I'm here with my fellow insider, Drew. We're two ab geeks creating a network for airline, airplane, airport, and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. Drew, we talked about craft last episode. I think you experienced it firsthand this week. Doug, I did. But before we start, could our taping schedule have been more difficult this week? Oh my goodness, I know. And we are currently rushing because Doug has to go out to his training sim. And it is what time in Denver? Uh, it's 5.50. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, oh, man. Yeah. And I've, been awake, coffee. I've been awake for a couple hours already because I've got 4 a.m. sims coming up this weekend. So I'm, I'm trying to shift my body clock that way, which means yeah. I have to be on the bus at 3, which means I have to be up showering probably no later than 2. Yeah. And of course, today I'm working p.m. So this is really early for me. We can't tape tonight. Yeah. And then Sunday and Monday, I'm working in the morning. You have Sims in the morning. And mm-hmm. then Sunday evening, you're leaving. So we can't yeah. even do that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be taping like two shows at the same time because the whole week is going to be fill, filled with all kinds of airline ops and pilot yeah. stuff. Well, we were, we were laughing about it a couple of weeks ago when my schedule started to get crazy. And we said a lot of this is going to be like when uh, when you were in Sri Lanka and mm-hmm. we re- recorded. I, I think it was middle of the night for me, like... I, I don't even know what time it was, but it was just, it was a, a really weird recording schedule. And once I start flying and hitting the line and I'm flying all these red eyes and things, right. yeah, we're, we're just, but like, like we said yesterday, as long as we have a couple stories in 45 minutes, that's all we need. We're good. Yeah. We, we can and get we literally, we literally have 45 minutes because Doug has a bus in about an hour. Uh, so you're asking me about craft, Doug, it is crazy. So my airport is basically the hub for all of these arrivals now. Yeah. You know, I thought that there would be another hub like Atlanta or Kennedy, but no, it's all DC. Mm-hmm. And um, right now, as we speak, 8,600 refugees and evacuees have come through Washington, Dulles. And I got to see some of the first ones. This was, uh, what day was it? It was the last day I worked. It was uh, Monday, I believe. Oh boy, was it an emotional experience for me. I, you know, I didn't think it would, it would affect me as much, but this triple seven comes in. I'm at it. I'm the shift manager. Normally I don't go out, but my replacement was there. It's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to see what this is all about and help, mm-hmm. help them out. Cause this is all new. So I was up out there with the move team, the ramp, um, customer service were all ready to meet this plane. We had to talk to CBP to see if we could even bring the air stairs up. Mm-hmm. CBP was slammed. So, you know, along with our flight, there were two Omni and Atlas and whatever else that was out there. And we were just, we had to wait. And, you know, the clearance process for these people is not fast. Yeah. So long story short, the people were on for hours, but the crew was awesome. They were so patient. The flight attendants, the pilots, really in a good mood. And, you know, Door one right was open. No one could go in or out. So I was able to talk to a couple customers, a uh, top couple of passengers. And I was like, so where are you going? And this one Afghani was like, I'm going to California. My sister or cousin lived there. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this little girl. She just came to the door just to look outside. And I just remember the sun shining on her face. The breeze was blowing through and she was shivering a little bit because maybe that's cold for her, even though it's like 85. <laughs> yeah. Right. But the look on her face, you know, like wide eyed and, you know, I'm just thinking she's getting her first glimpse of her new home. Yeah. And, you know, 
I'm trying to remember when I came to this country, I was four years old um, thinking if I, I faintly remember that, you know, mm-hmm. so you're arriving at your new home. So this is a huge thing for thousands of people. We don't, we talk about the logistics of it, but the emotional part of it is huge. And we're going to see a lot of heartwarming stories. I mean, you're already seeing the pictures from Afghanistan with our mm-hmm. troops, like holding a baby yeah. and stuff like that. G- giving know? water, put, putting a blanket on. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And then you, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, all the time you've been there helped kind of set up for this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you sent me that picture on Monday. Drew, I was at the club at the airport on, on my way home for my whirlwind couple of days at home. I started crying when, mm-hmm. when you sent that picture and I called Marissa yeah. and I was like, she thought something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, no, no. Like, I, I was able to squeeze out. This is not a bad call. And then it took me like 30 seconds to compose myself before explaining what this picture looked like. Because for, for us, for, like you said, for people like me who have been in that region for lots of my adult life, I guess you could say, right. Just <clears throat> seeing how, how did I put this? We, we weren't able to help everyone, but we were able to help some. And seeing the picture that you sent, seeing these pictures of, of these people and just knowing that, that they're in their new country. And like you said, she was just soaking it in. And to me, yeah. that's just like <laughs> such after everything, moving. everything that's gone on. Yeah. I mean, I've spent 18 months of my life away from my family. Right. You in, were saying in, in that region. And so just to see this definitely is highly emotional. Well, you, cl- you you did, Doug. I mean, you and thousands of other military personnel cleared the path for this little girl mm-hmm. and thousands of people to to make it to a better life. And, you know, that picture, you, you, I don't get an emotional at work because I got a job to do, mm-hmm. right? But then you get home, it's like, oh my God, what did we just do? And mm-hmm. the picture is this little girl, beautiful little girl, probably a little bit older than your daughter, um, next standing next to the captain at the door. And the captain is like talking to me or something. And then she's just like I said, taking it all in and this is all new and it's wonderful. And um, I can tell you all the customers that I saw that, you know, came out to peer out, they're all wide eyed. And, and this is after they'd been on board for hours. Yeah. So we brought them food, we brought them water. And even the flight attendants were like, they're actually fine. They've had their second meal, mm-hmm. but we're like, we're not putting anything to chance. We want everyone to be comfortable, including the crew. So we brought them more stuff. So uh, ended positively, but it's not over. So thousands more people are coming in. I am going to work tonight and I believe we have one or two more flights coming in and it's going to be like this through August 31st, unless uh, President Biden extends the withdrawal mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So it's well, and and the, the craft, I think might even go a little bit longer than that because there are still lots of places over in Europe and Southeast Asia that have a lot of these refugees. And so, yeah, maybe they may not be coming out of Afghanistan past the 31st, but yeah. they're, they're going to have to come here or to other countries. And so I, I feel like they may still continue even beyond the 31st. Right. So I tweeted out just a little picture of the plane coming in mm-hmm. and someone responded, man, you got some blanks flying out of a war zone or something, something to that effect. Yeah. I want everyone to know that's listening. <laughs> Delta, American, United are not flying into Kabul. We're flying out of safe havens yeah. in other, you know, in Doha and Ramstein Air Base. So mm-hmm. we're not in the line of fire. Yeah. Tell me about your trip. So you you took you had a whirlwind trip. You have like what is it, a day and a half home, at home? <laughs> yeah, so something like that. I think I got home at like 10:30, finally got into bed at eleven o'clock Monday night, and then I was on a eleven, I think an eleven a.m. flight yesterday morning out. 
So I was home from like mm-hmm. late Monday night to early or mid mid Wednesday. Yeah, my my th- this is this is going to be my life from here on out. Basically, yeah. a few days at home here and there with a list longer than uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't saw know. you. It was two pages. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get the two pages done? I got it done. Yeah. I actually uh, I had to finish a couple of the chores or tasks yesterday morning before I left for the airport, but. Yeah, I, I did get it done. So, and did I, you get the Marissa credits? I, I, I hope so. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, did, I, I don't know if I'm getting <laughs> if I'm building credits or if I'm just restocking the credit bank from all right. the time that I'm gone. Oh, it's like a negative balance, but like a know. negative balance. In it. Are you at least even? I think I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, you're back next Sunday, so yeah, keep- yeah, I can. Keep keep putting the credits away in the bank. <laughs> I'm glad to see some lounges are opening up. Yeah, the escape lounge in Sacramento was open. And yeah, I, I was really surprised by that because when I landed on Monday night, I walked by and the entire time during COVID, they've had a sign on the door that says "We're closed for now, not for good." The mm-hmm. screens, all the lights were off. When I got there on Monday night, I walked past and I noticed the the board was on like the flight board inside the the entryway that says gates and times that hasn't, that hadn't been on for 18 months every time I walked by. And so I, that drew my attention and I realized that the sign was off the door saying that they were closed. So I went online and looked it up and they opened there. They were open. I had been gone for what, 10 days, 12 days, something like that. So when I left Sacramento two weeks ago, they were closed. So sometime in, in that time they reopened. When I got to the airport yesterday and I went in there, I was asking the staff, but first of all, I said, so glad you guys are open. And we said, yeah, we are too. We are thrilled to be back. They opened on Monday, Drew. So they've only oh, been open for a, few days. a couple of days at, at this point. Now, are they officially owned by American Express now? I don't know if they're officially owned, but I, I know that they're an American Express lounge. I, I think so. I, I don't know yeah. how that partnership works. Yeah, so escape lounges. So American Express has their own lounges, and escape lounges are like a partner. So it's like a like an alliance carrier, I guess. Yeah, basically. Or what I would say is it's more like an express carrier because they're they're a little bit smaller, mm-hmm. a, a little bit different service from the Centurion lounges, and they tend to be yeah. at mid sized airports. Airports I can tell that you they can't really support a a big full Centurion lounge. What was now? You had some really good food there. What did you have? Yeah, I, I had a, a an egg and spinach quiche and French toast. Yeah, and then yeah. two screwdrivers that were yeah. really yeah big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the second one got bigger. But no, I I, I made a comment to you. Uh, I sat down at the table, scanned the, the little QR code for the menu. The bar mm-hmm. was closed, the buffet was closed, but they brought everything to my table. Pre COVID, that's you, better. You would have to go to the the buffet and, and pick things up. I, yeah, it felt like I was at a restaurant. They kept yeah. coming by, waiting on me, asking if I needed anything else. Yeah, it was right. great. Yeah, so Doug and I can obsess about these lounges all day long. So let's let's yeah, move on. Look, so the whole episode isn't yeah. about. <laughs> I know. I'm looking at the uh, clock. <laughs> all right. So we've been saying, Doug, that Zoom won't replace business travel, and it hasn't, as we've seen. Thank goodness. You know, we started saying that over a year ago. But what about this hollow presence technology? And, you know, to be honest, I hate all these people that are trying to take business away from us. So hollow presence, we hate you. I'm going to put that online <laughs> yeah. on the air. But uh, what is this? What is it? Well, be- before we get into hollow presence, we were laughing because we somehow I got booted off Zoom 
this morning. We had started mm-hmm. recording and then I, I guess Drew said that I froze and then all of a sudden Zoom reset. And when I finally came back into the meeting, he made some off color comment about, yeah, Zoom is going to replace air travel. Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, the, it proves the technology might get there, but I don't know if it is yet. The, this hollow presence technology, I feel like is this threat that no one saw coming, kind of like COVID, right? Like we, we didn't even know that there was this thing called hollow presence technology yeah, I don't care. <laughs> okay. until until we read the article about it but uh-huh. according, what what is this really about and, and what are we talking about well according to forbes this technology may be ready to steal business from airlines and hotels this new technology holographically displays presenters on a stage making them appear as if they're in person the presenters are then able to interact with the crowd in a live way but not actually in person this Toronto-based startup thinks that hollow presence might replace the need for people to travel to conferences and to meet with people face-to-face. Instead, people could begin using this technology and accept holographic images of the people that they're meeting with. So how is this different from, I mean, other than it being 3D, how is it different from Zoom? Yeah. <sighs> well, yeah, I, and you could, good. No, no, you, you first. Well, you could look at it this way too. The person, the CEO could go to from DC to London, <clears throat> right? And be the, they're still traveling. Mm-hmm. Then they could have their holograph so that their people back in DC could also see them. So it can work both ways. Yeah. The person could still be traveling. Yeah, that, that's a great point. So if, if the CEO is out on the road and has to meet with some people, you could display it holographically. My, my issue with this, Drew, is that the picture that this article used shows the CEO holographically displayed in an auditorium with a bunch of people sitting there. Mm-hmm. Where where did these people come from? Are, are they oh, the, yeah, they had to get they, there. They had to get there. Are, are they what? the employee? It, so I'm, I'm wondering if this is saying, like, instead of CEOs doing calls, me, meaning, like, going to locations and meeting mm-hmm. with people, instead, they'll meet holographically. But right. I can tell you, as someone who yeah. has had people under me mm-hmm. throughout my throughout my career, like in a leadership role, I want to go see those people and mm-hmm. speak with them in person and shake their hands and ask how they're doing and things like that. And so thinking about it from a CEO standpoint, would companies really buy into the CEO not getting out on the road, not going to see people? not presenting at conferences. And I I mean, I've done some public speaking before as well. I Mm -hmm. enjoy seeing the interactions of the people that I'm speaking with. If I'm talking into a camera and being cast holographically onto a stage, I don't get that feedback, right? Like I don't get to see and interact with those people. Yeah. You don't get the reaction. And, you know, our previous CEO traveled a lot. Mm -hmm. I saw that guy three times when the CEOs before them, I probably never saw them. Yeah. The last one I saw several times, Doug, that made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It made a huge difference. So I really think the CEOs are still going to want to travel, meet their people in person. But here's a way this could work. Like, say I go to our headquarters for a meeting and we have all the vice presidents and the CEO talking. Maybe there's one VP that couldn't make it. They could use the te- this technology to be at the meeting. Yeah. You know, so it could work. It could work in complement with travel as an augmentation, not a replacement. Exactly. So yeah, hollow presence. Um, yeah, great, but it's not going to replace travel. What was it? Even the Zoom CEO, didn't he say? Yeah, travel he is not of, going. Yeah, he said he was tired of Zoom meetings, and and, we, and we've talked about how Zoom is unlocking travel, right? I, I mean, we've we've talked about this quite a bit. How 
you meet someone on a Zoom meeting and you're like, oh, you know what? This this is a, a network connection that I've made that right. I wouldn't have had without Zoom. I want to go see that person. I want to go meet that with that person. Right. Or you you that's a good point. You make these contacts via Zoom mm-hmm. and you get to know them and you're engaged and like, let's take this to the next level. Let's meet each other in person and continue mm-hmm. working on this project. Yeah. Right. And I, I think you can't take like you're a business traveler or you were at your last job. You were mostly travel. You were traveling. I mean, mm-hmm. more than flying the plane. I think you were training people and going around around the country. Right. Mm-hmm. You loved travel and you're not the only one. So you're not going to take that love of travel away from business people. This reminds me of the movie up in the air. It really does. The the last 18 months, I I cannot stop thinking about how this goes back to up in the air where this, this new technology video face-to-face type technology came out and they finally, this company finally went away from it. They're like, no, get, get back out on, on the road, on the road. We need you on the road. Mm -hmm. And George Clooney's character felt trapped at home and i'm yeah. uh, that that sounds bad i'm not saying that i feel trapped at home but when, when yeah. i'm not when i'm not traveling i miss that and right the, all these road warriors yeah they, they probably would like to be home a couple more nights a month and zoom might allow that but it's not going to take the travel away completely <laughs> and i'll i mean before we leave this i'll take everyone back to the 90s and the united airlines commercial yeah, we've talked where, where the ce goes we can't be I'll send you a fax. Okay, get back to me with another fax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was supposed to, you know, reduce travel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, our listeners might be tired of hearing us talk about how the airlines have been running it hard this summer, but our first story this week highlights just how bad it's been for airline employees. Drew, what what did we find? All right. This story is from CNBC, but it's um it's actually directly from Southwest too. What's going on? So CNBC Southwest weighs schedule changes, apologize to staff after complaints. Southwest added more flights over the last several months than most of its competitors. So they're, I say we're running it hard. They might be running it harder, right? Mm-hmm. It faced staff challenges during that time frame that led to many cancellations, delayed flights. The airline's pilot and flight attendant unions have complained to management regarding being overworked and not having enough lodging in certain locations as hotels have continued to struggle with the increase in travel demand. Southwest apologized to staff after the formal complaint and said it was going to address the issue in the scheduling moving forward. The increase in demand was an unexpected yet welcome surprise, but brought with it several challenges, including including crew and accommodation schedules. Chief Operating Officer Mike Van de Ven wrote to the staff, the increase in bookings was a welcome change compared to a year ago, but we have to be honest with ourselves. It's taken a toll on our operation and put a significant strain on all of you. And for that, I am sincerely sorry. Southwest expects to cut back its originally scheduled fourth quarter flights to ensure its flying aligns with staffing needs. Go down Southwest for admitting it and telling their employees, hey, we ran it too hard and we apologize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it honestly, though, it shouldn't have come to employee complaints to the company. And, and this gets back to that CEO getting on the road, asking people how they're doing. I, I, this draws back to that hollow presence or, or Zoom. Get out there, see what's going on. It it shouldn't shouldn't come to this. Right. The fourth the fourth quarter is generally, and except for for Thanksgiving and Christmas travel, fourth quarter is generally a slower time. Anyways, Poppy just started kindergarten yesterday. They told us the policy is no more than three unexcused absences an entire year. Three total the entire year. 
before they that's tougher than a regular adult job exactly which means <laughs> we are not um, unless it's thanksgiving or christmas we're not going to mm -hmm. be traveling un wow. until next june as a family next june almost a year almost or... a, yeah so really the only time that we'll be able to travel is breaks like or we, weekends we or weekends yeah but where, where i'm going with this is that's why the fourth quarter and the first quarter generally are slower anyways and it's more business travel less family travel mm -hmm. so southwest is going to have a breather coming up even without adjusting their schedules because kids are back in school families aren't aren't traveling as much yeah and i you know i mentioned from an airline operations perspective thank goodness because we just need a break to breathe reset get people trained and so these are other challenges that the airlines have right now it's very hard to fly to find good employees because the mm -hmm. job market is starting to get very tight yeah and i know some air, there's one airline in denver that's offering sign up sign on bonuses for frontline employees it's that difficult to get employees the other thing that people have to remember is you hire an airline employee it's not like a walmart greeter mm -hmm. <laughs> we have time. to go it takes weeks you have to go even if customer service agent ramper you have to go through trainings lots of safety stuff lots of procedures that you have to to know about background checks so we work at an airport you don't just start the next day you have to put in paperwork it has to go through customs background checks fbi background checks and their backlog too mm -hmm. so even if you want to hire someone today they may not be ready to go for three weeks a month yeah my, my background check that i started in june just finished so it took mm -hmm. almost almost two months for my my background check. There you go to go through. Next article is from or news item is from Flying Magazine, and the title is Southern Illinois University and Delta provide accelerated path to pilot careers. Delta expands its Propel program with the addition of another flight school. Southern Illinois is the thirteenth flight school that Delta has partnered with to serve as a flow program for pilots to eventually become mainline employees. The program was launched in 2018 as a way to recruit flight school students into the Delta pipeline. Students will undergo a competitive interview and evaluation process. Those that pass will receive a conditional job offer that's contingent on completing the program and obtaining 1,000 flight hours. The hours can be obtained through two different ways, either through flight instruction or in the military, National Guard, or reserves. Much like United's Aviate program, this is Delta's proactive attempt at addressing the looming pilot shortage. Drew, I knew they had this program. I didn't realize they had 13 schools. Already. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. I didn't even know that they had this program to begin with. So 13. Now, here's my question. So they get an interview evaluation, a conditional job offer as what? What are they? A Delta the pilot. job offer. A Delta pilot. With a thousand hours? Don't you have to have 1500 hours to fly a commercial? They, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that it's a thousand hours beyond what they get through training and, and oh, things okay. like that yes you you do okay. you have to have you have to have 1500 hours because you have to have an airline transport pilot license and the minimum okay. to get that is 1500 hours but basically the, the way i read this is they need to get a thousand flight hours after they get into this program or after they get accepted yeah completing program. the program and obtaining a thousand flight hours okay mm -hmm. and then so this is another question i have so they get these hours through flight instruction or in the military national guard or reserves mm -hmm. what is one of these flight students flying at the national reserves what are what, they flying? What, same same like we talked about last week whatever their unit flies do, do they do they have units that fly prop like 172 no no so so this is this is saying after they finish their 
their program at mm -hmm. Southern Illinois University or one of these 13 schools, after they finish that program, they have to get a thousand flight hours after okay. they finish the program. And that can that can be done one of two ways, instructing at the school that they were at or at a different school or in the military. But either way, they have to get a yeah. thousand hours. Okay, so for the listeners who wanna be airline pilots, look into these programs. These are awesome to get on board at the ground floor with United with Aviate and now Delta with Propel. We have to see, we have to do some research to see if American has something similar. I would think yeah. that they do. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have to look into that. Or if they don't, I'm sure they're they're very quickly trying to find a way to get there. Right, so I have a, um, you remember, um, are the retired triple seven pilot yeah. that we had on uh -huh. so I, I we got him through his son who was a friend who works um at my airline he mm -hmm. was his customer service supervisor so chris he's young he's in his mid-20s he put in for the aba program and he got in mm. awesome yeah so he's so excited so look into that so uh, delta propel and united aviate definitely you guys look into it it doesn't matter where you are if you're 18 with no flight hours 35 years old with some flight hours, the demand is there. So Doug and I, I you definitely encourage them to get in, right? If that's their passion. Yeah, absolutely. These, these are great programs to get in. Before we move on to our next published story, I think we have two more just real quick Delta, Delta stories, stories yeah. that, we, that we wanted to mention. They just ordered 30 A320 Neos. Mm -hmm. So that brings their A320 family, the A320 and the A321 to 155 outstanding orders. So Delta's going full on Airbus. I know that they've bought some used 737 900s. Mm -hmm. But other than that, Delta is becoming an all Airbus. So they have the A350, they retired the 777s, and now a bunch of A320s. Yeah. And and the A330s, they're getting A330 A330s. as well. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. No, th this is huge because they're the first delivery isn't scheduled until next year. Originally, I think it was scheduled for last year and they they deferred it with COVID. Yeah, 155 A321 Neos that's going to be coming on property. That's like, we've, we've talked about Southwest, we've talked about United, all these airlines are taking this time during the pandemic to get their order books big. Right, while the deals are good. While the deals are good. And it take just like it takes time to spin up employees, it takes time to get airplanes, yeah. right? We, we <clears> talked <throat> about the, the backlog for the mm -hmm. A320 Neo family a couple of weeks ago, it's like 8,000 airplanes. Worldwide, wow. there are 8,000 outstanding orders. You have to get in line. It's it's not like showing up at Walmart and grabbing things off the shelf and, off the and shelf, yeah. walking away. Yeah. You know what's cool, um, Doug, is most of their A320s are made domestically in Mobile, Alabama. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that. I thought most of them would come from Toulouse. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you think Airbus, you're not supporting the local economy, but you are. And mm -hmm. Delta's from the South, so it's, it's Mobile, Alabama. So they're kind of supporting their territory. Their, their territory. Yeah, the, and a lot of their uh, their A220s now that they have have been made in Mobile. Yeah, exactly. Um, anything else about the airplanes? Yeah. We have that other story. The other story, yeah. Delta has not, United has mandated its employees to get the vaccine. So has Hawaiian Frontier, I believe, also. Um, Delta has not, but they just announced yesterday that um, employees that have not been vaccinated, their insurance premium will rise by $200. Mm -hmm. And this is this is directly from um, Ed Bastian, who's a CEO. He's saying that all the employees that were hospitalized with COVID-19 
were not fully vaccinated. Yeah. And he also says that that's costing Delta on average $50,000. That's crazy. Is that crazy? Yeah. I, I, I hope I'm pretty sure that all of them get treated and come out, but still $50,000 a pop. So they're saying if you don't get the vaccine, your in, in premiums going up because if you go to the hospital, it's going to cost Delta a lot of money. And Delta is apparently self-insured. So they pay. It's not like the insurance company pays. It comes directly out of out Delta's of their, pocket. Yeah, out of their revenue. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that was interesting. <laughs> so in this, uh, this press release or this uh, communication to employees, uh, Ed Bastian refers to the virus, to the, um, to the strain as the B.1.617.2, <laughs> not the Delta. <laughs> Maybe call it the Dixie. The Dixie. Because uh, how are you supposed to remember the B.1.617.2 variant? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I read a couple of weeks ago that that a Bastion or, or someone at Delta was saying that they, they just call it the variant. They, they refer to it as the variant internally yeah. they, they don't call it the delta variant i saw a funny meme too it was a corona bottle <laughs> and, a, and a delta airplane and corona uh made some comment to delta like oh it's it not, it, it's no longer funny is it or something like that basically <laughs> right. welcome to uh welcome to, yeah <laughs> well, welcome to yeah yeah well, welcome to the hurt or something like that right yeah <laughs> anything else on all no, that no no <laughs> All right, let's go across the pond to uh, Europe. This is from Reuters. Strong bookings keep Ryanair on course to hit targets, says CEO. Ryanair is on track to hit upgraded guidance regarding passenger numbers in the coming weeks and is expected to carry more than 10 million people this month, a higher number than initially thought. The European ultra-low-cost carrier also expects to carry close to 100 million passengers for the 12 months between April 2021 and March 2022, compared to 149 million prior to COVID. Despite this being 33% lower, this is a better estimate than most people expected given the stringent lockdowns in the EU. Ryanair is recovering strongly much faster than any other airline in Europe. Bookings are increasing very rapidly, uh, said CEO O'Leary. This is a good sign for other parts of the world that are currently seeing a drop in bookings due to the Delta variant, or I should say the B.1.617.2 variant. <laughs> as Europe was hit hard with it over the summer. Yeah. And actually drew, uh, we, we set this up last night, but this morning, one of the top articles on the wall street journal says Europeans are flying again, just as Americans pull back. And there's actually some data in here that I'm going to read real quickly. Mm -hmm. It says last week, intra-European flights were down 27% compared to the same week in 2019, which is the highest that it's been in Europe during throughout the pandemic. So they're, they're now only, which 27 is still a big number, but they're now only down 27%. U.S. capacity fell 15% last week compared to 2019 levels. In July, it was 7.6 lower than 2019. So mm -hmm. the Delta variant, e even though the airlines are taking a, a hit, it really, it, it's seven and a half roughly percent of a drop. But this yeah. is, this is interesting. Wizz Air the the big low cost carrier in Europe is up three percent. They're at hundred three percent right now of, of 2019. 2019 for capacity oh for flights for things like that. Yeah, so yeah, it's a good sign for the U.S. who's struggling with the the variant, the Delta variant right now, <laughs> showing that Europe, who went through it a couple of months ago, now things are are starting to get better there, and people. Right. Are so if we again. stay on it, 
right? If yeah. we stay on it with uh, the masks and the vaccinations, we can mm -hmm. get through it just like them. Um, this is breaking news this morning, Doug. Since we're talking about Ryan Ryanair, they are ceasing all flights from Belfast International Airport, so they'll have no flights to Northern Ireland. Hmm. They are blaming the UK government's refusal to suspend or reduce the APD, which is the air passenger duty or tax. But then someone commented on the article, just a you know civilian says, that's not the only reason. There's been tickets, the tickets have been on sale for nine pounds or 9.99 pounds. Mm -hmm. So more than the tax, it might be a lack of demand there. Yeah, that could be. And they're blaming yeah. it on the blaming it on the tax. Blame it on tax, yeah. Yeah, it, that's kind of silly because Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland is part of the UK. So why mm -hmm. would they not drop London? Why would they not drop Manchester? You know what I yeah. mean? Like if if you're if you're boycotting because of the the tax, why mm -hmm. pick Northern Ireland? Yeah. So do you know? So Kevin O'Leary, do you know much about him? Because I I did a quick google search about kevin he's he's quite a character he is yeah he's like <laughs> al, al baker from qatar and richard branson from Virgin. yeah but you know we talk about spreadsheet people running airlines this is classic spreadsheet person running an airline so he used to work for kpmg mm -hmm. before he came to he, he used to do personal taxes for tim ryan who is ryan of ryanair i guess mm -hmm. and so he's a numbers guy and I have not flown Ryanair, but my understanding is someone told me it's like the home shopping channel. Like as soon as you board, they're like selling you stuff because that's how they make their money off the ancillary revenue, the meals, the shop on board, stuff like that. Yeah, the, the buy on board products. Yeah, which actually this reminds me, I saw an article yesterday and I forgot to send it to you. Do you remember Sky Mall? Yes, the magazines. The yeah, magazine they were on that, all airlines. Yeah. Every airline, every airplane, they went out of business, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Yeah. I, I read an article saying that um, Airbus is trying to get a digital, because you know, Samsung now has these foldable, bendable LCD screens. Mm, okay. Airbus is trying to work with, I might be Samsung. I, I don't remember what the tech company is uh -huh. to replace in flight magazines with foldable, movable tablets in each seat back. I can't even imagine what that looks or feels like. It, it basically like it, it folds and you like swipe your finger and you can change pages, things like this, because okay. you, you know, in flight <laughs> magazines, they're expensive to print They're They weigh a, a certain amount and Airbus thinks that they can get this super light tablet and they can bring back sky mall. Like it, have you they, ever bought anything from the sky mall magazine? No, never. But I used to love looking, but actually, no, I take that back. I got a model once. Okay. I, I bought a, a model airplane once, but no, I, I, I mean, I, you, if you guys remember SkyMall, you could buy a gremlin for your, for your front for your lawn, lawn yeah. or yeah. All these things that you didn't, you didn't know you needed and right. turns out you didn't need. It was kind of like sharper image, Brookstone, all the yeah. stuff no one needs. SkyMall is what I used to read when you, I was so desperate and there's two more hours to go on the flight and it's like, okay, oh my God, what do I do? I've read page to page of the in-flight magazine. <laughs> I've listened to all the again. songs on my Sony Walkman five times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on the plastic earphones, I've listened to that track because, you know, didn't have un unlimited yeah. entertainment. You had one track of songs that played over and over yeah. <laughs> again. <laughs> I mean, look through Sky Mall. Then you look through Sky Mall. It's like, oh, my goodness. When are we going to land? I'm down to Sky Mall for, <laughs> for my entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see if it comes back. But, man, this, this story about Reiner 
took, took a huge turn. Well, we started talking about Ryanair and ended up talking about Airbus and foldable LCD screens. With, oh, well, cause we were talking about ancillary sky, revenue. Sky Mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let, let's get back on topic. I, uh, Drew, I feel like we just did a top 10 list when we talked about airports. And here's another one. It seems to be the time of year where lists are coming out. This time it's the top 20 safest airlines in the world. And this is from airlineratings.com based on safety, in-flight products, and COVID-19 procedures. 385 airlines were analyzed this year. Here's the top 20. Drew, why don't you take 11 through 20 on I'll take one through 10. We'll start with 20. Uh, United was number 20. Then we have KLM, Lufthansa, Finnair, SAS, American, Delta, Southwest, Hawaiian, and 11 is Virgin Atlantic. I've got a question before I do the top 10. This says it's based on safety, mm-hmm. COVID-19 procedures, and in-flight products. What What does in- in-flight products mean from a safety standpoint? I guess cleaning products. I don't know. Maybe maybe sanitizer so yeah but i i saw that they also included did you did you you may have said it crash serious incidents and aircraft age that's right yeah no i I didn't mention that i don't know about airline ratings.com but it's mentioned in this you know major media so i'm sure they've done some research yeah all right so let's finish out the top 10 and then we can talk a little bit more about it number 10 is british airways nine is cathay pacific eight is alaska Seven is Etihad, six is Eva, five is Emirates, four is Singapore, three is Air New Zealand, two is Qatar, and number one is Qantas. So Alaska is the highest US, US based carrier, carrier mm-hmm. on this. Yeah, and we flew Alaska. I definitely felt safe on it. We, <clears throat> we were flying into some tiny airports and yeah. I felt like the pilots were really good. Yeah. I, I'm going to be mean right now and take a dig at some of our listeners. Of course, mm-hmm. Air New Zealand and Qantas are in the top three because they haven't been flying. Right. So you're not going to have incidents <laughs> if you're not moving the plane. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I, I feel bad making that joke, but uh, <laughs> part, part of me wonders if a reason, one of the reasons for that is they just haven't really been flying much. I'm happy to see Eva Air on this list because didn't Eva Air is from Taiwan. And I remember China Airlines used to have uh, safety concerns. Safety concerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Korean Air on this? Because they no, used they're to. Not. Yeah, they used to quite a bit as well, but no, they're okay. not. And I want to do a plug for Sri Lankan Airlines because uh, I was born there. And that Sri Lankan Airlines has never had a crash ever. And they're not on this list. So I got to complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> Air New Zealand was number three. Air New Zealand in the next two years, Doug, is going to two mainline aircraft types. Mm-hmm. So they're going to the 787, the 9 and the 10, and the A320 slash 321. Yeah. Yeah, their 777s are going away. They're going away because who needs the capacity now? They've got mm-hmm. the range with the 787-9. And then they have two commuter types. I can't remember. The, I, one was an ATR. I can't remember the other one. But I think that adds to safety when you have less fleet types. Mm-hmm. Easier to train, you know. Yeah. And and from a maintenance standpoint as well, parts and, and pieces and, and things like that. Yeah, so Qantas is number one. Qatar is number two. Yeah, I really, I mean, I, I, I feel like all these airlines are safe. I feel like some that are not on here, I feel are safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, we've talked about this quite a bit on the show, how air travel has gotten so much safer over the last decade or two. Yeah. I know there were a couple of high profile crashes last year and in the last few years, but as, as a general rule, air travel has gotten infinitely safer compared to what it was even just a decade or two ago. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, we'll have to. Um, we talked about that early in these episodes, right? About airline safety and how mm-hmm. it's improved. We we could circle back and see even during the last year if it's gotten any better. I feel like it has. Yeah, is that a real circle back, or we're we're just matching? No, that should be a real circle. We should <laughs> <Okay>. go back. <laughs> well, we should go back to our predictions and and just do an update. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we definitely. were wrong about Alitalia. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, in, in fact, I I read this week that their uh, Alitalia stopped ticket sales or is stopping, I think on the 15th of September to make way for ITA to come in and, and take over that market. Yeah. So <laughs> we got to go back and see what ITA is all about. I don't even know. Are they going to have the same livery? Are they, you know, same product? Well, we'll same airplanes. We'll, yeah. Is we'll it just, a, is it just all Italia with a new name? <laughs> probably. Right. Yeah. Probably. Same, mostly the same people. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, well, well, before we go though, what's, uh, so do you have any travel coming up? So you're traveling on Sunday. Yeah, I've got I've got uh, heading to a sim here in ten minutes. I've got sims through Sunday. Fly home Sunday afternoon, I think, after my super early sim. Home for another two nights, I guess, a, a day and a half, and then come back to training. Okay, so I will be heading out west on Monday on wide body transcon because it's my mom's birthday. Oh, nice! So Monday night, I'll be there. So I'll get some. I'll get my travel fix. Yeah. Seven eight, <laughs> yeah, seven eight dash eight. Nice. Mm-hmm. To our listeners, this podcast is your show, so go on our website nextripnetwork.com and let us know what's on your mind, so we can talk about it or give us your feedback. You can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Next Trip Podcast. Tell your friends about us so we can reach more people who love aviation and travel. Thanks to all of our listeners for your support and for joining the conversation. We'll see you next week, and in the meantime, stay aviation tough. This has been the Next Trip Podcast. Visit nexttripnetwork.com for information about previous episodes, trip reviews, aviation photos, and other aviation-related content. This is your show, so search for The Next Trip on Twitter and let Doug and Drew know what you want to talk about. Not on Twitter? You can also email them at nexttrip.podcast at gmail.com. Please consider leaving a review wherever you download your podcasts. It will help other listeners like you discover this show. Good day. Welcome to Boarding Pass 92, operating on August 30th, 2021. This is Doug, and I'm here with my fellow in the industry. In the... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we're, we're on a we're time, on a time crunch. I know. <laughs> Good day, and welcome to Boarding Pass 92, operating on August 30th, 2021. This is Doug, and I'm here with my fellow industry insider, Doug, Drew. froze. Oh, man. And I got it right. Okay. We get... Doug, you froze. Yeah. Am I here? Oh, now you froze. I can hear you. Are you there? Hello? Oh, there you are. It froze for a little bit, right? Oh, now I can't hear you. Okay. There we go. Zoom is doing, some weird, Zoom is doing some weird things. It just crashed and reset. But it is going to replace all travel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's hollow for whatever. Hologram. Yeah, ho- hollow. yeah. Okay. Time crunch. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go.